Welcome to the HR Empowerment Podcast, where we will uncover strategies and new insights from HR professionals who discuss up-to-date regulations, best practices, and the most pressing topics like diversity and equity, leadership, dealing with difficult situations, and much more that affect your bottom line and business. Thanks for joining us. Hey, everybody. Wendy Sellers, the HR lady, back here with JC. Aloha. We are here in episode five of five in this series talking about common complaints about HR departments and what we should do about them. And right now, am I cringing? What if HR is the problem? Well, that's a bad day. (laughs) Yeah, it is. (laughs) As an employee, you do have an option and you have a great option. And that could very simply be Comply with company policies and file a formal complaint. It really, it really could be as simple as that. You know, um, even if you don't believe it will be handled properly, uh, if you're an employee listening, uh, you know, filing a formal complaint, which means you have to put it in writing, you have to be, you know, very clear about your facts and filing this complaint and then sending it to whoever HR reports to and possibly one or two other people. If the HR person's a problem, odds are the empl- the manager who's managing the HR person is also a problem because they, they should have known or they do know and they're just turning a blind eye. So filing a formal complaint shows that you took the necessary steps and it serves as legal documentation if you do have to go to the next, you know, stage. If, uh, if your manager you know, was not involved in the problem. So you, you as an employee skipped your manager and went to HR and nothing was done. Consider speaking to your manager or your manager's manager, especially if you're complaining about your manager, you know, so getting not just stopping and saying, I hear this all too often, Joe JC, Oh, I went to HR. They didn't do anything about it. And I'm like, uh, yeah, a lot of HR departments do that, but they probably are doing something about it. I hope I'm assuming, but they're just not communicating with you what it is because they're trying to scramble behind the scenes to figure it out. And I don't mean that in a negative way about scrambling behind the scenes because I'm an HR consultant and I scramble every day because (laughs) the things that come to our office, you you can't, you can't even imagine the things that come to every single time I go, Oh, I've dealt with everything. Boom. My phone rings and I go, there's something else. I'm going to need to scramble and call you right back because. (laughs) I think there's about seven laws involved in this and I need to verify what laws they are. So I need to ask you a bunch of uh, specific facts right now and then I'll get back to you. And then the other thing, JC, that's really concerning right now for HR departments and managers in general is um, how we talked about remote work. If uh, we haven't dealt with remote work before, now we're dealing with somebody in New Jersey or Washington or, or Ohio or Florida. Oh, we're, different state laws, huh? There's no way anybody is going to be an expert at multiple state laws. I, I want to say there's no way anybody, one human being, is going to be an expert at even one state laws. Even here, I'm in the state of Florida. State of Florida mainly follows federal laws, but there is a, quite a few laws here that I can't even believe the state of Florida has. And when something comes up, I have to go, oh, I know this is something. You're in a union environment. Hold on. Let me go look at something real quick. And then I have to go to that county, down to that city, especially if they're a government employer, to figure out what are the laws in that zip code. Do uh do the certifying organizations for human resources such as SHRM and HRCI do they provide training and or certifications for 
specific states and specific state laws? Is that something uh, for workforces to look into? Um, yes and no. So more on the no. Uh, California has its own certific- HR certification uh, through, I believe, through SHRM. And so um, there may be training. Usually the training is through your your like local network, like your, um, you know, Orange County SHRM Association or Buffalo SHRM Association. And you usually get the training through your local people there. So you'll have local lawyers coming in and doing training to that area, that zip code, that county or that state. And so lean on your local employment attorneys, your local SHRM chapters, any other, you know, HR chapters um, that you may, you know, be involved in. One of the interesting points about that and why I wanted to make sure uh, I asked you that question to bring it up for the small business or the startup who's just getting going and they're dipping their toes to the water of the HR side of the house. They're real good at uh, managing and leadership and maybe business finance, but the HR realm is new to them. There's stuff out there. There's stuff out there to help you along before you reach the point of contacting that employment labor attorney. But as always, when in doubt, lawyer out, right? You know, make that call. Make that call. <laughs> really? I mean, I rely on my employment attorney lawyers um, for a lot of things. And again, when I'm in a state that I have, I'm not an expert in or I just haven't worked in before and I have a client there, the first thing I try to do is go on my my Google and find an employment attorney. I usually do it on LinkedIn, to be quite honest, because I'm a LinkedIn junkie. And I usually try to find an employment attorney in that state that my client's in, and I start following them. So one that's very active and on social media, um, because like like me, they like to give away free free information because we want the world to be a better place. The other thing that I wanted to say, JC, just on this topic in general is what if HR is the problem? Um, I find all too often, just like when we promote man- people to managers and we miraculously want them to come back on Wednesday and they know everything because they had a good night's sleep. Brant, that's not the case with HR either. So when you just go, hey, receptionist, hey, office manager, you're now human resources. You better get them training. You better get them memberships to local you know, HR organizations that they can uh, get advice from and get the training from. But you can't just expect them overnight to be HR. Even with an HR degree, uh, you you don't real learn the real life of HR. And so you, you have to understand that HR is very complicated. Um, there are a lot of specialties. If you have one person in your company and you say you're the HR person, I assure you they're not going to be an expert at benefits. They're not going to be an expert at compensation. They're not going to be an expert at performance reviews. They might be really good at one or two of those things, but they're going to need to lean on experts in the area, which means you need to have experts to consult with someone like myself, you know, an employment attorney, a benefits um, specialist, so that they can lean on them. I was just telling one of my clients this yesterday, they were asking about ACA, Affordable Care Act. And I was like, no, you have a broker, you have a benefits insurance agent, they're the expert. I mean, every benefits insurance agent and broker offers the same thing. No offense to any of you that are listening, I'm an agent as well. But what the difference is, is customer service and the tools that they can help you with. So lean on your experts, HR, if people are saying you're the problem. With that said, if your HR department is the problem, you might need to get a different HR department. (laughs) 
Ms. Wendy, the HR lady, if a employee is having a problem and if HR is the problem and they're looking to file that formal complaint within an organization, can formal complaints be anonymous? It depends on your policies. I prefer them not to be. Um, so a lot of times in, in organizations, especially like maybe where safety is concerned or concerns and embezzlement or something like that, there's usually, um, there's often like a hotline. Somebody can anonymously report something. I personally don't like the anonymous thing, um, for, you know, uh, people problems. You know, if it's, if it's a major safety issue or, you know, uh, the shuttle, you know, the challenger shuttle issue or something like that, where like, I don't want to report it. I'm going to lose my job. People do have rights to report something. And if, and if it's accurate or they believe it's accurate, they should, they are protected by law now to not be, um, you know, harassed or discriminated or to terminate it, terminate it. So we've changed that in, in America. Does it still happen that people want to report something and they get pushed out the door? Sure. Because HR is not there to protect them. So I personally do not like anonymous for most things because I want to know who is complaining and why are you complaining to protect yourself or are you complaining because you're actually, you know, this is a real complaint or are you just complaining to divert the attention from you to someone else? So yes, it could be anonymous, no problem. But if it's anonymous, then how, how are you going to interview the people to find out, you know, okay, what's the true problem here? If your employees will only report things anonymous, anonymously, you have a cultural issue oh, and you have time. a trust issue big, big time. time. Yeah. You have a trust and a cultural issue, not only with HR, but with the executives and then with the management team as well. So to the question, what if HR itself is the problem? What if HR is the problem? One suggestion that uh, we were able to source here was creation of a clear code of ethics. Uh, what's the importance of that? So a creation of a code of ethics is super important and, you know, usually has things like trust and transparency and honesty. Um, and you need to make sure that HR is being held accountable the same way. Um, also the executives. And that's usually, honestly, even a bigger problem is where there's one business owner or one executive that, you know, they know everybody in the world. And so they bring in the money, but they're a real jerk. And so HR has been trained to protect them or HR might even be fr so frustrated that they go, I, there's nothing I can do. I give up to that person's protected on the multiple boards that I've sat on in the past. When it came to development of a code of ethics, uh, we did everything that we could to not leverage the, the code of ethics to be constructed based on the people that were already in place within the organization. Yes. We always went to a independent consultant or third party for assistance with that. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I've helped my clients do um, code of ethics and then also um, handbooks, of course, and then corporate values, too. So even if you don't have a code of ethics, you can literally just have a set of corporate values that say, hey, we're transparent to a degree here, you know, as much as possible. We're, we're honest and we're trustworthy. And, you know, if you're sitting there writing that code of ethics or, or, or a set of values and you're going, eh, somebody on the executive team is not this. I'd hesitate to roll that out yet because you need to fix that first and yeah. say, hey, um, you know, executive over here, we are rolling this out and everyone will be held accountable. Because if you roll it out, and you're not holding an executive or HR accountable. Everyone's just going to roll their eyes at it. <laughs> and, and to my statement there, just to wrap up that thought with you real quick, uh, it's not to say that you won't get great ideas from those 
that are internal to your staff. There's nothing wrong with wireframing and putting together a draft document, but then vetting that through a independent consultant, uh, let it be someone like the HR lady, Wendy Sellers, or your employment labor attorney, or someone that you trust externally for that code of ethics, never a bad thing. Um, ultimately, HR works for the company, not the employees. Uh, that's the statement that's going around, Miss Wendy. However, it does yeah. imply that HR is hostile to employees or cannot be trusted. HR's job is to serve the needs of the company, which may include serving the needs of employees. And if what is best for the employer conflicts with what is best for the employees, the employer's needs will ultimately wind up taking precedence because HR works for the employer. But good HR professionals care about the fairness, and they do so from the perspective of the company. Just want to bring that out to the forefront as we're talking about what if HR is the problem? Uh, sometimes it comes down to the actual human, though, too, right? It really does. And uh, here's a statement. Uh, HR is only as good as the leadership and management at the company. And so it, it's one of those like big circles. You know, if HR, um, if you have a great HR department, they're going to push for management training. They're going to push for accountability up and down the ladder. Um, if you don't have an HR department and you're developing that, then you need a leadership team who's hiring that HR department to say this, uh, this H HR director or manager or whoever to say, this is what we want in the person. We don't want somebody who just does as we say, we want somebody to push back at us professionally and respectfully um, and make sure we're doing the right thing. I think we're here though. Like I think we're finally here 2023. Of course, not every organization, but for the most part, I really think we're, we're here, you know, a leadership has been forced to recognize that they weren't great with their managers. They weren't great with their employees. How are they forced to recognize that, JC? High turnover. Um, or even if it's not high turnover, low productivity, uh, people, you know, feeling burnt out, people doing the bare minimum, uh, people leaving the organization and then not being able to fill those positions because the word on the street with your organization is X, which was bad. And so, um, managers and leaders and executives, I really think we're, we're finally have arrived to the point where they, they're saying we have to take care of our people. Um, you know, we can't just wing it anymore and we can't have this little tiny budget for HR and management training and employee training. We really need to stop cutting quarters and treating our employees, uh, how they want to be treated. And then hopefully, and, and the, the stats are there, they will turn around and help you and stay in the organization too. It's a win-win in the end. It really is. But if you know that HR is the problem, fix it. Don't go ahead and just fire your HR department, but make sure you fix it. And if you HR are listening here going, you know what? I might be part of the problem. Maybe the organization that you're at is just not the right place for you. But before you quit, make sure you go ahead and say, hey, I have a business plan and I have a plan and really think it through with facts, not just emotion. People want facts. Your executives want facts. They want to know what are you going to do if we give you a raise? What are you going to do if we give you this budget? Make sure that you're doing it. So thanks for listening to the last episode in our five-part series on common complaints about HR departments. If you're looking for a quick and enlightening way to start your day, which today's podcast was not, 
I think it was enlightening, but it definitely wasn't quick. And it was definitely a little hard to hear sometimes if you're an HR person. But if you're looking for a more fun way to start your day, consider checking out JC's daily podcast, Interesting Things with JC. The podcast lasts just two to five minutes. It's a perfect way to fit into your busy work week and learn something really cool. I almost always am chuckling at your podcast because I'm like, how did I not know that, JC? <laughs> Appreciate your support on that one. So how can we find your podcast platforms? Uh, it's available on all podcast uh, platforms that are out there, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, you name it, it's out there. Or stop by uh, the website, jimconnors.net. As the HR lady, I'm always looking for your feedback on this program. So please reach out at any time. You know how to find me, thehrlady.com. Thanks for joining us. See you soon. Thank you for joining the HR Empowerment Podcast brought to you by Aurora Training Advantage. We hope you've gained new insight and strategies to navigate the HR profession. We look forward to you joining us again on the HR Empowerment Podcast.